Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Pro Tri News. We are not your typical triathlon podcast. We're here to give you a little inside information of what's going on in the professional racing field. Uh, we are joined today by the usual suspects, Mark Matthews from his closet in England. It's the cloakroom, but yeah, I'll take it. Hey, guys. Uh, Chelsea Burns from a couch in Girona. Hello, everyone. Hola. And what are you doing there? What, Chelsea, what are you doing there? I'm on vacation. No, I'm just, you know, visiting some triathlon mates. And uh, I told you guys I was on a five-week break from work. So I, uh, you know, have to make stops around the world. Okay, but, but this, is purely, this, this is an extracurricular trip for you. Yes, aside from this Pro Tri News podcast well, well, no, no, business. Yeah, um, I don't have too much to report, but yeah. No, very good, very good. Important question, Chelsea. Do you prefer La Comuna or La Fabrica in Girona? <laughs> okay, so I saw La Comuna today. We tried to go, but it was closed. Um, I don't know why. Because Have you had a word with the owner? It's like... supposed to be open. No, but I saw the owner running yesterday. But anyways, but... I I went. <laughs> my host took me to um, Hidden Coffee Shop. Yeah. Have you been there? Yeah. yeah. He, says, he says that's the best. And... Um, I, I'm inclined to trust so that so. those that don't know, uh, Jan Fredino owns La Comuna and La Fabrique is owned by a retired Canadian cyclist. It's like their rival edgy cycling coffee shops in town. Kyle, sorry. Which one do you prefer, Mark? La Comuna, because I'd love an invite back there. <laughs> That's it. And Pat Lemieux from the basement that is still unfinished. A, you know, we uh, we have an offer in on a house. Well, we will find out tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. This, you know, in potentially in eight weeks, I'm um, I'm coming in live from what I saw with my new office that's currently used as a as a as a room with that's got a Peloton and a ballet a ballet studio. So that could be my new office, guys. Pretty stoked. Nothing wrong with that. That's one of the few Pelotons left in the world, isn't it? Looking at their stock price this week. Peloton's yeah. share price crashed 81% this week, Pat. Oh, so that wow. bad boy might be like worth a deck of Pokemon cards yeah, first edition. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and our guest today, Mr. Trevor Foley. Trevor, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, for those that don't know, yeah, Tre- you going into it, Kyle? Yeah, I'll go sorry, into it. Sorry. So Trevor is currently ran at the University of Florida the last three seasons. Yes. Um, and. Decided to dabble in triathlon last year and got two fifth places at 270.3s, Indian Wells and Augusta. Also did a, a couple of short course races. Uh, Trevor, are you going to be a short course athlete or a long course athlete? A little bit of both. Nice. I feel like I can uh, manage both pretty comfortably. So going to see if I can make it work. When did you start getting into triathlon? What? what? Um, I did. I broke my foot um three months right before covid got really bad in march uh so like january of 2020 and um started dabbling in it about 24 months ago swimming and biking and that's when joe malloy of like the crp reached out to me um and kind of gave me some helpful tips and stuff so um did my first triathlon a little over a year ago and then i've just been trying to make it work and gain experience Gainesville is a super, it's gotta be a great place for triathlon training. I know it's, it's pancake flat there, but you know, the weather's great. Um, 
Yeah. Um, pizza for big, you know, to fuel up for big training days. Uh, I, I've, yeah. I've spent quite a bit of time in Gainesville and really enjoyed it. Plenty of yeah, Gatorade so, as well, I guess. <laughs> ton of, ton of Gatorade. The, the roads are great for cycling on the ton of the, before I even started about a year ago and I started cycling, there's a road called uh, Millhopper Road. And I was going after a KOM one day and I didn't know who Phil Diamond was. He has the KOM on there. And I was like, man, this guy's doing like hundred mile rides back like 10 years ago, like 25 miles per hour. I went on to learn. He's obviously a pretty good cyclist, but <laughs> I guess he, he like went to UF and stuff. So yeah, the cycling here is great. Obviously the facilities at UF are second to none. So it's a great place to train. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're thrilled to have you on the show. Uh, you know, obviously you, you came to our attention most recently at uh, Indian Wells and, you know, we're, we look forward to, to seeing what you do this year, but uh, Mark, was, can you maybe tell us what we're doing, tell the audience what we're doing today? Yeah. So today we thought we'd do a prediction show in that we want to just talk about who are the key players going to be um, through the various races we've got coming up this year. We're not going to try and forecast who exactly is going to win the 70.3 Worlds or the W2S final in December because it's just too far out. But we thought we'd look at who will be the key people to watch for St. George, Kona, you know, 70.3 Worlds, PTO races, WTCS series, is it now? WTCS? You got um, it. Super League and whatever else. Um, so we're going to roll through that. Trevor's going to pipe up. Hopefully he won't be too reserved in giving opinion. I hope he slates some people and we, we get some opinion out of Trevor, but I'm sure he will. Trevor, answer a question for us. After your race, um, we talked about your bike position a little bit or your setup. Yes, have, you, have you had the work done with that? Have you win tunnel? Um, have you had a good fit? What's the crack? So I, I have a TT bike. I have a shiv. And right after the race, I was going to work with a gentleman called Joe Nagy, who's based out of Jacksonville, um, has experience in the wind tunnel. I maybe was going to work with the bike company. So I kind of held off on that. So I, I didn't want to do anything to my shiv that kind of fell through. So actually next weekend, I'm headed over to Jacksonville to make some adjustments on my uh, shiv. So I haven't been to the tunnel, but I've seen like a professional fitter. Cool. So, yeah, you, we were sort of right in that you have good kit, but you haven't kind of invested the time and money that some of these established pros would have done. And yet still your bike split was pretty bloody phenomenal. Thanks. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy with it. Um, now that I know the rules of the bike, hopefully it can be a little better next time. But um, yeah, I was pretty happy. I just kind of thought it was just power, for, you know, pound for pound. But it's a lot of aerodynamics, a lot of games, a lot of rules. So just trying to learn all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's America, and I hope Pat doesn't mind me saying this, do seem to be on the back foot in general when it comes to aerodynamics. Like you're catching up now, mm -hmm. but it's not, it's been in Europe and especially in the UK, it's been a, a real a thing for decades now, but it feels like America is becoming more and more prevalent. I don't know, Pat, is that fair? I, I think that's very fair. I think, you know, uh, the reality is, is that I think we we fell behind in a couple of different levels. And this is in, this is in cycling, this is in triathlon. I think it seemed to be that the Europeans and especially in the UK, they were, um, they had a deep comprehension of suit material of understanding, just closing the front end space on your, on your bike and, and really honing in specific, uh, pieces. And I think we saw that, you know, primarily with these hyper custom aero bars that are coming out. And yeah. Half of them are made in the UK, aren't they? It's they're all, I mean, yeah, they're all, I mean, that's, that's the biggest issue, right? I still don't believe there's a, uh, a manufacturer that's doing these hyper custom aero bars in the U S 
you know, 51 speed shop, they'd be similar, but it's very, what, what like the other stuff where it's the 3d printed, those are very, very different than, than doing some different, uh, extensions. Yeah. You've got the, like the Netherlands, mainland Europe, Germany, and then the UK make them a lot, but they're still expensive, you know? Yeah. You yeah. can go a long way without investing in that Trevor. That's for sure, mate. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's all like still like a prototype phase anyway, kind of like yeah. when the Nike four percent came out like four years ago, I feel like maybe a couple of years down the road, it'd be more prevalent. But right now it's kind of like still like a oh, prototype kind of thing. I tell you, honestly, you go to something like Roth and three quarters of the age group bikes got them. It's mad in, in, yeah, when you I, hit Europe up. It's crazy. For yeah. When I, when I did Augusta and even Palm Springs, I was walking by all the other pro bikes, trying not to like stare too, too much, but I was definitely looking at all their, their setups and stuff like that, trying to take like visual notes, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Anyway, sorry, we sidetracked. So, in terms of preview, we're going to hit through the long class course stuff first, and we're going to start with what we think St. George will look like. I know that's not till May, but it feels like the year that's that's really going to be the kickoff of when people are going to be trying to peak, I think, in the long course stuff to start with. Um, so who have we got uh, to be focusing on for the men's race in St. George? Who should you be following on social media, and who do we think will be you know, in your top few guys? Pat, what do you reckon? I, you know, look, I think there's four names for me. It's uh, Gustav Eden, Blumenfeld, Ferdino, Lionel Sanders. Ah, I'm going to add one, Patrick Lang. So those are the big five. Does Lionel count or no? Lionel's in the five. Lionel's oh, in the okay. five. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm, uh, uh, yeah, go on. Anything, anyone to add, Trevor? Have we missed anyone? Top fives? I'm a big fan of Sam Long, so like I kind of want to throw Sam in there as well. Uh, I follow him on Strava; he's been putting in good work. So maybe Sam Long as well. And I think I'd throw Daniel Backergaard into the mix as well. I think I think you've got to include him in that. And we don't know if Alistair Brownlee will race it as well. If Alistair's going to be fit for his sub seven, I kind of want to. I want to. I want to throw Alistair in the mix. I don't want to bring the sub seven into this preview show we can a little bit i think the reality is is um a, ma a massive respect for alistair um but it's been a minute since we've seen him put together uh a solid a solid race and i think to come out and to be ready for saint george i think it's a little too soon to say that um i'm going off the back of the performances we saw from you know the five people i named and we can add sam in there and daniel backgard so we're up to seven now that seems pretty pretty realistic for a great race i mean i can throw one more name uh joe skipper i think joe was pretty hot at the end of last season uh i mean is he going to be strong enough on that course because we all know that that course is going to be pretty challenging um it also I, might be a little cold in may i hope he's been swimming a lot because i worry in a field with that quality you know the front pack when ali raced had three of them in it I really worry that the front pack in this race is going to be 10 people that fall swam five minutes faster, six minutes faster than Joe, if he's not swimming well. Um, that's the only thing. Be in a wetsuit? Yeah, that's a good question. We think wetsuit may. Yeah, might help the gap. Yeah, Joe likes non-wetsuit, apparently. He doesn't actually get faster in a wetsuit, but it's a good thought. Some of the some of the weaker swimmers will be definitely keen that it's a wetsuit, would be a wetsuit swim. I guarantee you, Pat, that Alistair Brownlee beats Lionel and Sam Long. That's that's my UK versus, you know, Northern Hemisphere. I just think he comes back and rolls them. I, I think that front group leaves those boys behind. 
That's let's, my. I let's don't do know. the women, and then I have one question. Let's do the women, and I have one question. So f- five women. I mean, it's a no-brainer. The five for me. Laura Phillip, Daniela. Yeah. Lucy. Yeah. Anna Hogg. Yeah. And your wife. Yeah. That's my five. Yeah, I think so. Anyone else think anyone breaks into that five? No. I think Sky Monch could probably. I think if there's any name that could do it, it would probably be her. Nah. (laughs) Nah. Trevor, do you follow the women's racing at all? I was going to say Lucy or Ann Hogg. Yeah, overall for the win. I think those five are just, I I think Lucy makes that cut because of her her all-round ability. I just more, think she's a more so fun balanced. question. I think a more fun question would be of the mm-hmm. top five men and the top five women. Do you think that they will repeat between top five men and top five women at Kona? Because the courses are going to be very different. The weather is going to be very different from these two world championship races. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think the, the women's race could be a, a slightly more potentially more exciting race because I think that it will change. It will come from the back to the front. I think Lucy will go. I think Daniela will be back to hopefully where she was at before and she'll she'll be ahead of the rest of those women and she'll ride up to Lucy. And then those other three, if they end up together, you know, you've got three women there that can all probably run 245s, which is pretty crazy world to be living in. So that could be a really exciting race. I think the men's is more likely to be similar in Kona than the women's, I think. But that's just me. I, d- I don't like the Patrick Lang name on this list for uh saint george just because i think that that man's built for kona but that's just personal opinion i don't like sam sound like sam long on it i just don't we've not seen him do well over it not what not well enough over a full yet I, but but he's getting older and he's getting that that volumes with him i don't know I, any outsiders that could actually pull a blinder i it's really hard to see this year because those that that front of both field is so strong Outsider, maybe Christian Hogenhog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd like Christian a lot. He's a really good lad, but I just don't think his swim, he, he's a phenomenal cyclist, but he's going to have to ride up to a pack of, I mean, the, the what's those guys that will be pushing out? I and mean, Trevor will know how hard it is. I mean, uh, Matt Hansen, if he gets a good bike back. These guys in the front are going to ride, are going to be put a put because you have to climb up, you have to climb up Snow Mountain twice, correct? It's the 70.3 course twice. It's it's not going to be, it's not going to be an easy course. I think this race might be harder than Kona. Hot take. Where do they go? So I guess, I guess, does somebody, nobody wants to come into T2 with Gustav Eden. I mean, are we all in, do we all agree here that, that he, if they all get off in T2 together, it's, it's really hard to bet against him. It's hard. I don't even think think that, I think Gustav could come off the bike two minutes down from these guys and, and still be in contention for victory. I mean, that's, he's going to have to run very fast for that. And the fact he's young and we can assume he was off the bike. He was off the bike. What a minute down in, in Daytona in 2020 and one. Yeah. But Patrick runs very fast off the bike, but he, he's maybe not going to be there is the worry. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I think they're very hard to bet against that sort of front lock. Should we, should we have a look at some slightly shorter racing then? Should we roll yep. through to what comes up, which we're going to group together all the PTO races? So this is yep. the 100k format. Trevor, are you going to try and get to these races? Uh, yes, sir. I'm going to try to get a couple qualifiers in before. I think you have to have two 
two performances to like be in the top 40 or something like that to get invited to one of the races yeah so, and um it's that's quite hard so you've got to be basically right. in the 40 or 50 it might roll down a little bit i would assume as well go on pat what are you gonna say let's i would like if you spoke to the audience to give us an understanding of what's happening with the points at the at the pto open races that are going on in edmonton and Dallas, and how will that influence PTO rankings in 2022 versus 2021? So, so Trevor, have you read this stuff? Because I have, if you haven't. What do you reckon? So what we understand is that the Canada race and the, the Dallas race, you get 5% increase on the points you score there. So you get a 5% point bonus for your points okay. at those races. So kind of like Collins Cup this past year. An official an official yeah, 5% yeah. rather than a sneaky 5%. Yeah, so it's an official 5%. The way I was fuming when I heard this, and it was, it was petty, because it just, to me, it favoured the 100K athletes. Um, and it basically meant there was no way you were going to win or be in the top few if you didn't race those. But what they have done to balance it out, and I only read it afterwards, you get a 10% bonus on your best full distance score. And if you look at all the top scoring races this year, yes, Lucy Charles got it in the women's, but Anne Haugs, Roth, um, Laura Phillip had both Finland and uh, where was that? Was it Austria? Austria. You know, she had massive scores and they were all full races. So if you get 10% on those, I think that does balance it out a little bit. But Pat's right to point it out. You'll see these huge fields because you get 5% point bonus at those races. So I think really, you know, and I think this could lead with what these two races are. This is the year that, PTO really starts twisting and making a dent, I think, in uh, just the overall racing landscape. And, and the reality is, is that these these two races with that, that are happening in Edmonton and uh, Dallas, I think we need to make it clear. These are straight up races. These are not athletes wearing country suits like that was something that somebody asked me. These are these are proper races. And I think that these will feel like world championships and uh you know that that's i guess my point of view on it and and the way you know they have the ability to to skew the points to be heavy for these races so mark any thoughts on final thoughts on that yeah no i i think it's right one thing that irks me a little bit is that and it will it will affect people like trevor they are in, up until the point of the collins cup so that's when the point system changes so after the collins cup it's your best yeah. three races within a year pre the collins cup it's that balance bit off the previous year plus one race to um add add to that so what they're leaving in though is 2020 daytona stays as part of your 21 results so in 2022 trevor's racing people that scored 100 points plus in daytona that count towards their ranking score for a race in June of 2022. Are we serious? So that's 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 a slight shame for me. But otherwise, I like the addition of 10% for the long course because it shows they're not just focusing on this 100k race. Which races? How are you going to target it, Trevor? Because presumably you need a few. Um, I think I'm going to do some short course races, uh, March through April through May, and then try to knock out 70.3 Chattanooga and Eagle Man within like three weeks of each other in May and then early June and then see what that gets me before yeah. uh, July, like 20th or something for the, and see how I stand at that point. So let's say you get there then. Who are you most afraid of in the men's races at those 100K distances this year? What do you reckon? Um, 
I don't, uh, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, kind of anybody and everybody at this point, it's not like I have too much to work with. I'm just going to be kind of racing everybody. Yeah. I think the Norwegians, if they turn up, yeah. Do we, do we assume they're the threat? 100%. Yeah. And in the women's race, Chelsea, we're going to see any of the girls from the short course stuff come across for it. For these 100K races, it suits them. Yeah, I don't think it sounds like it's going to be quite as common as in the guys. I ran with a few of the uh, ITU guys here in Girona yesterday, and they all, the whole time we were running, were just talking about long course racing and TT bikes. And I was like, wow. Um, but I don't, I mean, I'm not super informed on everyone's plans for 2022, but it just doesn't sound like there's going to be quite as much moving up. Like I think we even saw towards the end of 2021, uh, Indian Wells, for example, was a good preview, I think, of the people who are heading towards other stuff. So so you don't think I, there'll be as many women? You don't think we'll see some no, of these big names? I mean, like- can, you name, can you name someone like Vince, Yella, and Martin, who were the three I ran with yesterday that couldn't stop talking about TT bikes, who you would kind of think were very Olympic-focused? I can't think of three uh, female names of that level that we would think would be making no. that transition. I yeah, maybe this. you can. Katie Zephyrus? Katie Zephyrus? Yeah. No. Flora? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But I still think she's pretty focused on World Triathlon this year, I think. Uh, uh, I mean, Flora's one, obviously. And then obviously the big one's Nib. Nib, but that's not really but a new one. She's not either. new now at yeah, this point. No, I no, think no. That- but she has a time trial bike this year. Congratulations, Pat. <laughs> That's is that you? Is it? Is that you? I might have been. I don't question, know. You know, I might have. The question something. is, will she be able to go as fast on the time trial bike as the road bike? Um, I'll just tell you from being on a time trial bike versus a road bike, those things you just once it's you a rocket the, ship. Once you get into the leaners, they're just accidentally, you know, five miles per hour faster. I mean, and, I don't want to do it to Trevor because he mentioned Matt Hansen earlier, but she rode 12 seconds slower than Matt Hansen did at the Collins Cup on a road bike. <laughs> Poor guy. I think I think, I think Tre- Trevor might look up to Matt Hansen just because of the running pedigree. I think there's a little bit of a sure. relationship there between those two, but Trevor's also only 22 years old, so you know, he's got all the years in front of him. Here's, here's my big prediction for 22 with respect to the PTO races and the Collins Cup. I think these two races – are going to be fantastic for triathlon. The one, the, the open, the Canadian open and the U S open, this will be the death of the Collins cup. In and one year. It, uh, it's not going to take one year. Cause they're going to keep trying that. I know how important the Collins cup is for, for the PTO, but I think what's going to happen is, is the audience and triathlete and everybody in the triathlon sphere is going to look at the Canadian Open and the U.S. Open, and think this is fantastic. We've got the 40 best athletes, you know, 40 best men, 40 best women racing. This is championship style, and then it's going to go to the Collins Cup, and we're back to racing for countries where Europe is going to win 100 of the next 100 years. It's individual races. The TV coverage is haphazard. Um, I think that people will just continue to say, "What I just saw in Edmonton was amazing." Why aren't we doing that in, in Slovakia as well? Yeah, maybe. Trevor, did you like the Collins Cup? What was your thoughts? Um, I thought it was cool, but for the U.S., like, 
another person to add I just thought of is Rudy Von Bird. I feel like Rudy Von Bird's a really good person over the 100K distance. A good swimmer, good biker, pretty good runner. Yeah. So, I but I, I enjoyed the Collins Cup. I thought it was a little long, but it was a cool concept. Yeah, it was long, wasn't it? When the, the way they rolled the races out, then the long gap. Yeah, it was just, race. it was a, yeah, it's a long day. <laughs> The issue is, is we know, I mean, we know athletes, we're not going to name them, but we know athletes that did not give their best effort on the day. We know that that happened because there's no incentive to really. I, I think a great, I've, you guys have talked about it before. I think a great way to maybe make the Collins Cup really cool is like the first place team gets like a million dollars, second place gets 500K and the third place gets like 300 or something. I feel like that would make it a lot more exciting. I mean, Remember how we started talking about the Collins Cup in like January? Oh yeah, yeah. No, we've done it again. But anyway, so the Col- this is a prediction show, Chelsea. It's a prediction show. Talk about I'm talking about 2021. This isn't a criticism of now. This is just a reflection on that. I mean, just Trevor mentioned that the Collins Cup was really long, and I was just thinking about things that were long. The tough, the tough thing here. <laughs> Before we get to that's what she said joke. That the okay, no, don't go there. The tough thing here with the PTO races is you have Canada and then a month later is the Collins cup. And then a month later is the U S open. So we're going to get like a little taste of what we have in Canada. And then we'll have the Collins cup in the middle and then we'll get more of a taste of the U S open. The, the risk that's the risk. Some of the partly the risk there lies in that if you don't, because you might not want to fly, especially if you're Europe based, you might not want to fly to North America back to Europe, back to North America, back to Europe. It's a bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. But if you don't fly to Canada, you risk other people flying to Canada getting that 5% point bonus and yep. you being booted off the Collins Cup team. Exactly. So, what, so I think you might find that the US race gets really low attendance. If people score good points off Canada, they score good points at the Collins Cup, they bang in one good full distance race, that's yeah. your three races for the year. You know, you're but, banking on your full at um, St. George or Kona. So I think the US race might suffer from that that layout a little bit. The I, only thing I'll disagree with you on is, is the US Open is in America three weeks out from Kona, four weeks out from Kona. So it's like, that would be a perfect tune-up race given it's so hot in Dallas in September. It, it You'd be almost foolish to not race in Dallas. Because then you could bang out the Dallas race, do a training yeah. camp down in Houston for a couple of weeks, and then fly off to Kona. I mean, training camp in Houston. You should be a coach, Kyle. <laughs> hey, don't don't tell me. What I realize is I need to buy a bigger house in Boulder to house all these European athletes that are going to be stuck in North America for you know the majority of the summer. You know, it's all it's desperate really, for an altitude camp as well. Is really you know kind of what is what it shakes out to be, and, and the the restriction is Kyle is now you're getting into territory where these guys are really going to be a little tight on their days in the U S by the time you have uh, St. George and you have all these other North American races. So from uh, Mark, from your visa standpoint for you guys, is that a concern or how do you, how do you handle that? Tell me, mate, should it be a concern? I hadn't even thought about it. No, I, I don't think so. It depends if you're for work, for travel. I'm, I'm not sure. I think you can probably juggle it a fair amount. Um, yeah. You have to go quite a lot of days, don't you, for that to be a problem badge? I, I hadn't looked into that at all. I won't be for cat because ninety I, I, within one eighty. Yeah, ninety within one eighty. So when you come over two or three weeks before for St George, you know you you start 
the clock there. And all of a sudden we just talked about, you know, a bunch of days of racing that are going on. So it's just something, it's just something to think about. Obviously, you know, you do your best work at home. That's what I'm thinking. That's where my head is at. Have you thought about your visa for the U S yet love? (laughs) (laughs) There's there's been a valid point that we might. (laughs) Um, No, but it's, uh, you heard it here first folks. If uh, she ends up getting a Novak Djokovic the day before, um, Kona, we've uh, done our maths badly wrong. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, okay. Right. Predictions. Do you guys want to do predictions for the PTO races? Not really. I mean, it's it does the really players we know. Like, yeah. it's too far out. It's it's going to be a lot of the same names from the full distance. It's going to be a couple of short distance athletes. Taylor Nib, Lucy Charles, the, the usual favourites, I think. But do we and agree that? Do we agree that? I think the Canadians races... will win the Canadian races. I think Lionel and Paula, Paula. will win the Canadian mm. Open. Nah. And then the the U.S. Open. I think an American will win. Kyle, you're Trevor so. I, I can't even. I'm, I think. I'm I, not... I think that people are going to win on their home field. It's just, it, no. It, no, the, these races, all I think these long gonna... course athletes are going to be focused on Kona, and so that means Taylor Nib's going to win the women's race in Dallas and then either Trevor, Rudy Von Berg, the 70.3 plus athletes that aren't so Ironman athletes are going Rudy, to be the ones. Rudy's doing an Ironman. He's doing Ironman France. So he might be in Kona. I mean, that correct. that's why you're on the show, Trevor. Yeah. For those bombshells. He's been talking about that for a while, but also Colin Chartier is being coached now by the same guy that, Lionel and Gustav and Christian are all coached by. So Colin final, might be another name to watch for this year. Final point. We all agree we are very excited for these two PTO opens. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm amped. Dallas is yeah, two yeah. and a half hours from my house. Unbelievable. <clears throat> um, so you should already start. If athletes want to book in for PT, uh, for for Pro Tri News interviews, they should already be sending you requests, Kyle. Is that correct? Yeah, we already have people hot on the books already. Okay. Also, right. training camp, Oklahoma City. Let's. Yeah, you you want to talk about hot in September? You come to Oklahoma. Yeah. No thanks. I don't think so. Let's talk about Kona, the real Kona, happening in October. First question: Do we think it's happening? A hundred percent. I think we're in the, the, I I don't want to speak too soon, but I think we are in the ending part of the pandemic Um, with how much the infections have gone up and things like that. I think we're, we're close to the end now. Fauci is here. Six to nine months from now, I might be, I might have my foot in my mouth, but hopefully my hope is, is that we're, we're near the end. I think Russia rolled across the border into Ukraine. World War Three kicks off, and it's all cancelled. That's uh, that's that's my t- no. No, I think Kona's happening. I think Kona's happening. I um, I they it's got to happen now or or never again. You know, you can't do three years in a row. The island, you know, didn't manage it last year when it managed its terror, etc. I, I think it's got to happen, or or it's gone. I'm afraid. If if it gets cancelled again, do you move it again? To like a Panama City or Miami or something like that. I think once they've already it? had it in May, I don't think there's the urgency to move it within this calendar year. I think they'd look at redoing another one circa May next year. Pat, I don't know. If if 
if Kona gets canceled again, you have to look at Iron Man and, and think that they're, I mean, the, the end is near at this point. If, if Kona gets canceled again, it, they, they, they would be, they'd be in trouble, wouldn't they? Certainly from a professional athlete standpoint. Because not only more, that, but from it, an age grouper standpoint, you know how many people they've kept their money for the last two to three years? Yeah, I mean, a lot. A yeah. couple of thousand people. Yeah, 4,000 people or something. It's, it, yeah, it, I, so I think it happens. But then who wins it? Because it's Where it, is all that money? Just Nobody knows. Huh. I mean, it's, it's owned by an investment firm. So it's owned by a portfolio that owns dozens of other companies. So it'll be offsetting other poor investments, good investments. It'll be You're going to keeping... make me put my tinfoil hat on. You ready? No. no it's, tinfoil I mean, hat. Tinfoil hat. Iron Man is saying that these races are sold out, but they're actually just decreasing the amount of people that can register for these races. So they don't have to give out as much money because they don't have to give out as much money. They can say this race sold out. But if you look at the race results, there's 20 to 30% less people that are registering for these races. So it makes it look like the optics are that these races are selling out from the age group field, but they're really not. Wow. Tim Foyle hat off. Let's go. I mean that's 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 that, that's off the left field. I don't know, it, but I, oh, they're in trouble if if they cancel that again. That's what we what we all agree. I think further than that, I don't really know. Here's winners. Yeah, you want to do winners? Uh, well, we'll just. I think the winners are the people that are already double qualified, right? So in a year that's as jam packed as this, if you've punched your twenty one and twenty two ticket you are so far ahead of anybody else that's in the rate that that's trying to get into the 22 race. Um, I think that's, I think that's where you've got your biggest leg up on the season. Cause now if you're not, and you're trying to do all of these other things and you're trying to, there's all of the PTO stuff swirling as well. I just think your season becomes too, uh, too compacted. Mark. The only thing that stops me agreeing with you on that is the number of slots at St. George. It's just going to roll down so far. Exactly. So yeah. St. George has eight slots on each side, for those that don't know. And yeah. if you've already qualified that you're and you get in that top eight, your slot rolls down. So I think you could feasibly see people, uh, you know, in the 20s, you know, someone, someone finishing 20 and still qualifying from St. George. So I think it becomes a problem if you DNF. And if you don't make it by placing, well, to be honest with you, you're not going to feature in Kona anyway because you're not good enough. But what we need to keep track of and we need help with is who are going to be those people in the 20s that ran well and finished 24th on the day in St. George in either the men or the women's field and punched their October Kona ticket? No, not. I don't think anyone will. What do you mean? Do you think what they're sandbagging? No, no, no. I just think that what's going to happen is, is like you said, it's going to roll down. So right now, there's somebody that doesn't have their 2022 ticket punched, but they're going to race harder than they would have at St. George to punch that 22 ticket. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 So it becomes a real battle down that. that I, I just think, of... you know, uh, we think about Kona's in the past where you see the people walking that are in, you know, 13th, 17th, 33rd. Like Lionel Sanders and Alistair Brownlee chatting their way well, back. Well, you know, yeah. we, <laughs> but those types of things. And I think there will be somebody in the back of their mind that goes like, this is, this is, I can, 24th actually means way more today than it ever has before at this race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. 
it's, it's it's also if you're in that front view you're definitely packing a decent puncture changing you know you're wanting to stamp that ticket so you don't have to do another full again you you're making sure you finish that race mechanically as much as anything else as well yeah. definitely so you think That's we'll right. see sprint fi- sprint finishes for 14th and 22nd place let's hope so yeah there's some, there's some other odd stuff this season around those footballs like ironman texas is what two weeks before it and it's got a hundred grand prize pot so who doesn't who chooses not to go to St George because they're not going to do very well? Goes to try and win a big prize purse, sacks off St George. They're already qualified for St George. I think you'll see people that qualify for St George choose to race Texas instead to bank their Kona ticket and race there. That's a prediction of mine. Is that a world where somebody like Rudy von Berg would could fit into and say, "I'm going to use my Ironman debut, hop into Ironman Texas because it should be a safer field." I mean, someone like him, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's where you, uh, yeah it's where you might see like a Taylor Nib or you might see something like that. You know, maybe not Taylor, but you know what I mean. Yeah, someone, yeah, someone yeah. a bit special in Texas that we wouldn't expect otherwise. Yeah, yeah definitely. Could you foresee okay. anyone doing both? Sam Long. Yeah, well, if anyone does, it'll be someone like Joe Skipper, yeah. won't it? And he'll re- he'll find another race to do in the middle of the weekend there as well. And he'll do three on the bounce, and he'll probably do best in his third one. But anyone that does that isn't serious about St George, in my opinion. Yeah. So the race that draws the short straw this year, 70.3 Worlds. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, what, November? It last weekend in October. So two weeks after Kona, two to three weeks after Kona. It's Trevor, will you try and race that if you can? As long as I qualify, yes, sir, it's the plan. Yeah, okay, so it's still first in every race, isn't it? And then a couple of slots. Yeah, there were three three slots in California, and I got fifth. So you're working towards it, and hopefully on one of those races. Hopefully in Chattanooga, yes, sir. Nice. And then that that course in George, you think it suits you? Um, I'm not too familiar with it. I just know it's hard. Um, so I I I I'm not really sure what kind of course suits me. I've only done six seven triathlons, so kind of just like send it. (laughs) Amazing! What an answer. I mean, how much do you how much do you weigh uh 163 as of yesterday as of yesterday uh, that's probably yeah I, I i i checked yesterday for some odd reason uh, just because i'm getting back in the swing of things so i just want to make sure everything's at the par and i asked because your your last race was was pancake flat and you rode pretty damn fast so your power must be good and you're a lightweight athlete so you could probably climb like yeah, yeah. I, I was i can hold probably close like 340 for the half ironman if i like now that I know all the rules and stuff, because that was part of the problem in Palm Springs is I went through halfway in under an hour and then caught the pack, you know, at 38 miles and um, asked the referee, because I didn't know if it was 25 seconds for like per person or 25 seconds for the whole Peloton. <laughs> so then for the last 16 minutes, I averaged 280 watts, 24 miles per hour, because I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go for the win and get a DQ. So I kind of played it safe and just sat on the hood the last 16 miles, but it was the safer option. My goal was top eight. So I wasn't going to get greedy. I love that. I love the, A, the honesty of your power. That's cool. Most athletes dodge that. And yeah. I love yeah. that you didn't know the rule, mate. I mean. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. yeah, I just, and it's not, maybe I would have done it because usually when you're coming from the back, if you're lost out of the water, it's not like referees, but I was in the main part of the race at that point. And she was sitting right there on the motorcycle. So I wasn't about to do something stupid and like blow a good race or lose some money. So 
But you should remember, you're American racing in America. You're fine. Just do what you want, mate. It's, it's fine. I, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> how far down, how far, how bad was your swim at Indian Wells? Actually, I swam really well, in my opinion. I swam 25.50. Um, so it was, I, I was hoping for 27, swam 25.50. So like decent, like a decent enough that I, I was is behind it, Lieferman by only less than a minute by you know 35 miles yeah you missed but the Lieferman Lionel group by what 50 seconds 45 50 yeah. seconds yes sir um and then yeah so th- and they made that pass and I just wasn't about to get a you know a penalty all right it's, fine. it's, it's the noble of the options Chelsea you've we've had to keep you here for like 45 minutes sorry Tell I love I love how much Trevor says yes sir what what can i say though what can i say anymore though kyle what was the feedback i got unreal yeah unreal Unreal. and no one knows what you're saying unreal about or what unreal Unreal. means it's unreal it's a sliding scale (laughs) it could be anything so chelsea talk to us about the fast the fast feet in triathlon the shorter racing wtcs what are we looking at this year so I wasn't focused for a few minutes here at the beginning because I was uh, asking my sources about some swirling rumors, but it sounds like I've heard in the rumor mill that, so just to start, the schedule isn't even finalized yet for World Triathlon. Um, so it is a bit early that we're chatting this as we don't even know the actual schedule. Uh, it sounds like it's not going to even start until May with Yokohama being the first race, but back to the rumor mill. Super League seems to be up in arms because they want their calendar to be the priority. And it sounds like the arena games, which will be like an April calendar and having a season finale in Singapore the week before Yokohama, which isn't exactly ideal for most people. Um, And then another conflict is their actual season will be more of a September date. And that season finale, it sounds like, is a week before 70.3 Worlds, and then, which is a week before Abu Dhabi. So it sounds like World Triathlon is discussing moving Abu Dhabi to December. Another reason for that would be um, the weather. They had it in November in 2021, and it was pretty atrociously hot. And with it being an Olympic distance, I think that would be some carnage. So it doesn't sound like there's really any firm plans on any calendar yet. Um, I'm not sure this is a preview we all wanted, but basically long story short is who knows what's going to happen so far. Um, It sounds a bit like triathlon is not suffering from its own success, but we all wanted triathlon to become more popular and more exciting. And the people that have done that aren't World Triathlon and they aren't the World Triathlon Corporation as in Ironman. What's happened is other people have come in, done exciting stuff, and it's made the stakeholders of triathlon so spread that you guys are facing the same problem that the long are facing and that there's torn interests and they don't really care what each other do. They just want to be primacy. Who do you think wins that battle, Chelsea? Like, where will the athletes get? Well, I mean, I think we're all kind of confused about Super League and the financial situation, whether they can offer the... Um, I don't know, the glittery attraction of how much money they can pay. And ultimately, I think Olympics does win for, I mean, most of the short course athletes, that's what they care about. And they're racing world triathlon races to go to the Olympics. Um, And I still am not exactly sure on the Super League World Triathlon Partnership. They seem to be, um, 
yeah, in the same boat now, but I don't know. I think world triathlon kind of always wins, but here's another thing. Say Abu Dhabi doesn't happen until December. As we know, the first race of this quote unquote, 2022 season was September, 2021, which does make for the world's longest season from a 20 September, 2021 to December, 2022 kind of strange, but it's, it's fascinating to me how Super League kind of wedged in alongside with uh, World Triathlon. And now it's, it, from what you're saying, Chelsea, it's really becoming the tail that's wagging the dog a little bit, which doesn't make any sense to me because this, this format has, is pretty far removed from the Olympic distance style of racing that's being funded ultimately and supported by federations. So I think when we talk about what will win, it will always be uh, world triathlon, you know, the, the races and the race series. I think obviously that they have, uh, they've taken a massive blow from just COVID and the issues that, that were around that there's also, you know, to put on these races is, is incredibly expensive. It's almost, you know, I talked about this in a previous episode months ago. It's almost like they just have to go back to venues that they know, can work. And it's like, do we go to Sarasota and we're going to run, we're going to be there for a month or three weeks. And we're going to just have a couple world triathlon races that go off without a hitch just to get the foundation of the series going again. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think that a lot of these triathlon races do succeed and thrive off of being in places that aren't Sarasota no offense, Trevor, to Florida, but I, I mean, Super League, that's kind of their thing is they have races in places like Malibu. And I think um, 20 or 30 minutes ago, Mark was saying that the idea of having long course athletes fly from Europe to America, to Europe, to Canada, they were like, that's crazy. But that's literally what the world triathlon athletes do all year. So yeah. I think that, um, yeah, in yeah. a COVID, like, logically sure that sounds great but i don't think that's ever going to be something that these companies see as their way to make yeah, yeah. and i i know what you mean about the bouncing around and it's what the short course athletes do but at the moment up until maybe this year it's because they don't have a choice you know they race the world tour series races and that's right. what they do whereas right. the long course athletes are slightly more cyclists in that there are multiple races on multiple weekends sometimes and they pick and choose, you know, look at Wout Van Aert, by far the greatest cyclocross rider in the world at the moment. He's just not going to do the world champs that are in the U S because he doesn't want to do to the U S and then back again to race three weeks later. Whereas Ironman and long course athletes can do that. And you short course lot haven't been able to, but it sounds like this year, actually, maybe they could and still make a really good living. You know, they don't need the Olympic qualifying just yet, but that lesson got learned hard by a few people last year and especially the Americans it's interesting um, yeah no it, it definitely is and, and to, since this is a preview show just to kind of I didn't give you quite the full picture but there is a brand new world series being added this year it's in Chengdu um, in China they've had a world cup there a few times and it was supposed to be a world triathlon championship series race in 2020 before um COVID exploded so that as the calendar stands is currently on tap as are is that same super sprint they're going to do in Montreal again. And then I think there are three mixed team relays, definitely Montreal, Hamburg, um, Leeds. And I don't know if Abu Dhabi, the final will have one. I doubt it. So probably just three of them. 
And is the Edmonton race gone now? Um, yes, the Edmonton race seems to kind of pop in for a final, like a grand final only type of yeah. situation. But yes, there's no Edmonton in 2022. So currently. To wrap up the prediction for yours then, Chelsea, yes. who yes. is going to win the WTCS men and who is going to win WTCS women? I'm just going to correct you put, your. I'm going to correct your name real quick because it's now going to be Super World Triathlon League. So you're not serious, are you? <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, for God's sake! I honestly, my face there. I was. I was. I was, I was really like. I was. I fell for it. I mean, again, but <laughs> okay. So well, come we, on, have our, we have our episode title: Super World Triathlon League. Um, oh. Gosh, I don't know. That's a hard question. Um, I think if Flora continues. To kind of do the series, which it sounds like she probably will. She's hard to bet against. Um, a Brit, Georgia Taylor Brown, would surely be another pick of mine. Um, men's, I think it's easy to look at someone like Vince being on top again after kind of a hard 2021. Alex Yee. I, I, I just don't pick. see any really promising newcomers that are going to. So come I've got Alex. I've got Alex Yee because yeah. the Norwegians, I think. Will yeah. will drop points doing something else, and oh, the Norwegian at the short course stuff is is definitely blue and isn't it? And I think George Taylor Brown. But you're right, if Duffy stays injury free, does what she wants to do, it's hard to be bet against. Trevor, do you hey, follow Mark. the shorter stuff? Pardon? Do you follow the shorter stuff much? Do you? Yeah, yeah yes, sir. Yeah, I've raced in three uh, continental cups, and I follow it too. So who do you think? Who's the man For to beat at the short? The, men, the men's side, I think. Like if Morgan Morgan Pearson, I yeah. think he's a great, he's a front, yeah, he's a front pack swimmer, and as long as you can continue to work on the bike, it seems like you can run with just about anybody. So, okay, yeah, Morgan Morgan's a great athlete, you guys, and I definitely think he can have a podium or two, but he's not winning the series. I'm sorry. No, I'll tell you. Haters, what, tell you haters what, will say it's fake. Haters will okay. say it's I'll fake. tell you why. I'll tell you why he's going to win the series this year, and it's because this the year is so discombobulated and. Morgan is one of the few athletes I know that is solely focused on the series. So I don't think you're, he's going to be um, enchanted with these other distractions that are going on. So you I, heard think it Kyle, first. I, I think, I think Kyle, Trevor, and myself, we all uh, are all wrong. All super I bullish. Mean, no, yeah, no listen, Mark, listen, Mark, you picked all British people to win the series. So <laughs> we're going to go all American and we're going to say Morgan Pearson. But, and then, okay. An we have woman. three, loud american men and then we have me and mark two <laughs> smart people i don't know what are the listeners <laughs> didn't, didn't morgan have two podium finishes right before the olympics okay any yep. here's, here's the other thing and here's why i'm going with morgan we have forgot about and it's unfortunately not on our list which i feel really silly about there's a massive race that also is happening next year for two-thirds of the we didn't know before year. you came on the cut we, we decided are we talking that the Commonwealth about the no, we're talking about the oh. no, not the couples race, the Commonwealth Games. And Pat makes a good point that Alex Yee will focus on the Commonwealth Games next year, definitely. So and that's Flora will probably race it as well, I imagine. I, I mean, look, Com Games is a big deal for for these Commonwealth uh, athletes, and I think that that might be the the door that opens for for a guy like Morgan. If I could bring it back to him in a way where it's just that's something that he doesn't have to deal with. This is a, this is a small Olympics. It's a bigger deal because it's happening in Birmingham and Kyle, it's not Birmingham, Alabama. No, that's um, Talbot. Talbot thought it was Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> um, I forgot about that. Um, so, <laughs> just think, you guys could be racing in it if you hadn't made a horrible decision and left the Commonwealth. I mean, that's what I think. I mean, but imagine what our lives would look like right now. I <laughs> know oh, I'd have to well, leave you'd... the podcast and go get some biscuits and tea. You'd probably Kyle win the could... you'd win the Collins Cup as well. I mean, you could all come and play. It's fine. Yep. Yep. Kyle yep. couldn't go down the street and buy a gun at Walmart, though. Life would be such a trip. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's a good point, Pat. Commonwealth Games may play an effect on especially the short course race. The only other American that I would say that could also win the series would be Seth Ryder, who was placed in the top ten of the series that, this year. That is a good segue to people who are maybe up and coming not necessarily in triathlon but in the world triathlon championship series who i think um 2021 was a weird year but i think seth Ryder is a good one i don't think he's going to win the series kyle but um a good up-and-comer who could i think showcase some top fives or tens at those races um i don't know if you guys have anyone else because i think that's always interesting too to look at especially as we transition to a new i don't think we can call it quad but try year as we look towards Paris now is there going to be a changing a few new people yep. come through yep I I don't know on the on the short racing to be honest I've got a couple of names for the longer racing but uh, you, I will have to what bow about, to your uh, expertise I know McElroy just moved back to Flagstaff and stuff um so maybe he can not like winning it but again like top five top ten like you kind of said with Seth Ryder yep I we agree. talk about too many Americans apparently on here, Trevor. So Matt, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to give the boys some love. One last question okay. about short course. One last question. Will the Australians be back? <laughs> no, nah. it takes more than one year. To Will they be back? System. Will they be back by Paris? No. Possibly. Well, they do have a new coach down exactly. there. Who's building a new, um, hopefully powerhouse squad thumbs down from Pat. He doesn't coach anyone good though, does he? Uh, Jake. I oh, thought, well, doesn't, he, doesn't he coach Vinsor, the person whose yeah. house you're in? Yeah. This remotely. is Joel Friel. Sorry, we do this sometimes, listeners. Joel Friel coaches Australia now. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Um, he, cur- he, oh, he just had Martin left him. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Controversy. But no, I don't think the Australians will be back either. No, I don't either. Can you say who Martin went to? Um, some Belgian guy. I don't know doesn't ring a bell with me so to wrap up predictions we have one more race long- one more oh. race series oh i'm going to talk about clash or challenge no no <laughs> okay um, that's it <laughs> so newcomers to long course racing i've got a couple of names for people to watch if people got so we've got one obvious name that people should be watching this year trevor foley um hey. it's it Kyle's got him as his pick on the list I've seen as men's newcomer um I've got Kyle Smith on there now I know he raced Collins Cup um so he's sort of an established name but that was the internationals team so it doesn't really count I think Kyle Smith uh will do big things this year I think he'll be a hard you know real name to watch his he's in Girona where Chelsea is at the moment his training partners Jan Fredino his new bike sponsors very fast his his new everything is very very fast I, and he's a young lad. So I've got Carl Smith. Um, and the woman, I've got Joanna Reiter, who is a Swiss girl. If you don't follow her, she's got like 3,000 followers. So a lot of you probably don't. Joanna Reiter, um, she came third in, was it Lake Placid that um, 
Yeah, is that right? Yeah. So she came third in Lake Placid. She's a young lady that came from the age group field. And I think this year in some of those races like Texas, maybe where she hasn't got, she's got a Kona qualifying slot as well. So I think we'll see her come through. So follow her on Instagram as well. Anyone else, team? You are a hard act to follow, you know. Camera yeah. Juliet. Camera yeah. Juliet. Oh, for God's sake. God's <laughs> sake. Um, it, I, don't, I don't want to bash on your fancy girlfriend, Kyle, but she's got to sort her kit out, mate. It, it's very unpro looking. I saw sunglasses under helmet straps. It's not there about was... how you look. It's about how you feel, Pat. Come on. It's absolutely about how you look. It's cycling. It's just the facts of the game. Trevor, anyone else long course other than you? Who should we watch out for? Um, to be honest, I'm, you guys kind of listed everything. Um, like men and women wise, I can't really think of anyone like newcomer. It's hard, isn't it? We, we I feel I, like I we're crescendoing. Uh, Maybe like Jason West for the men. Uh, I know like he's kind of dabbled with both short course and long course, but I think he might be doing full long course. So might be a name to look out for. for like Because he can really run, stuff. can't he? He's a, yeah, he ran uh, really competitively in the, one of the races I raced against him. And I know he's a really good runner. Nice. Maybe though. we could talk Maybe. about newcomers, people to watch in a few months when it becomes yep. more apparent that the triathlon season is on the horizon. And um, Pat, do you just want to list anyone else that you're the manager for? Normally, you just like to drop <laughs> names of people that you manage in just to get them screwed in here. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I was subtle enough and I was able to cover. I had that covered on early in the show. Um, so I'm feeling great about that. And, uh, you know, I, I just think this is a this is a massive year uh, for a triathlon. And I'm and I'm really excited. And, and we talked about some of the friction that the the, the WTCS uh, season is going through right now. I think they'll be able to overcome that. Um, but this long course stuff in the year ahead uh, is is amazing. And, and it's so amazing that we did not talk about two other, you know, legitimate series, a challenge or clash. I mean, that, that, that shows you what we have on tap this year. Yeah. We also didn't track, talk about the couples race. Well, your we got your household win it, don't they? Surely, <laughs> events, events going? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if they go and race it, they win it, surely. And what do you mean you don't know? You're, don't sat know. In their living, you're sat in their living room. I don't know. I can't, like, divulge personal secrets. <laughs> that Pat does yes. that's for That's for when we close the show and we talk offline for 10 minutes. Yeah. Together after. Oh, okay. <laughs> Trevor, you can stay on and find out, mate, but it's like uh, a secret. I, I pr appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the show for this week. Thank you guys for joining. Thanks for joining us, Trevor. Um, we're very excited for this next season of racing. Uh, we're going to take a break maybe for a couple of days and then Mark's going to get us a guest for next week. And, um, we have a lot on tap for the next month. Uh, our first race of the year is about a month away at challenge Wanaka. Um, and Wanaka. Oh my gosh. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> See you, you guys. Do, you're a hero reading those.